Hey ladies, welcome to A Raw Christian Life. I'm your host, Shannon, and I created this podcast to reach other women who were in the same position I was in not long ago. Each episode, I dive into the Christian faith and I share my journey. Along the way, I will teach you what I've learned, sharing the raw side of Christianity as I live it. Now, I'm still a new Christian, learning new things every day, but if I have questions, I know other women probably do as well. I will hit on heavy topics and small topics, answering questions, correcting myself when I'm wrong, updating you when what I've learned changes my perspective on topics I've previously discussed. I'll connect with my listeners and invite others to join in on the discussions as well. We'll have guests, fun, and much more. So, if you're questioning your faith, want a deeper understanding of the Christian faith, or are just intrigued, I want to invite you to slip on your comfy socks, pour your favorite drink, and grab your favorite snack, and then come right back here as we dive into this week's episode. I'd like to add a disclaimer that as a new Christian, I do not speak for my church, other believers, or my future self, as my feelings and understandings of topics will change as I develop a deeper understanding of my faith and who God is. Some episodes may contain 18 plus content, so listener discretion is advised. no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. First John 1 verses 8 through 10. Hello ladies, welcome back. This is episode 11, and with last week's episode topic focusing on salvation, I thought the best follow-up episode topic had to be sin. I prayed on it and felt it was right, so I started to research. There are many questions that arise when the topic of sin is brought up, and I wanted to address some of those and refer you to places in the Bible that led me to the answers I will be giving. The first question that I thought of, which arises when sin is a topic of discussion, is what is sin and who is a sinner? All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. 1 John 5.17. In this verse, it is stated that all unrighteousness, meaning all morally wrong or unjust acts, thoughts, and doings, are what sin is. Let's put that into practice. I have two examples for you on what can be considered a sin and not. A big topic when discussing sin is sex. The act of sex is what we're talking about here. Some say it's a sin to have sex outside of marriage. Some say it's only a sin to have sex before marriage. Others might say it's a sin to have sex without the intent behind it being to try to have children. This is a topic that's covered in the Bible, so let's refer to it and let's see what it says. Hebrews 13.4 says, A marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. This verse is telling us that sex within a marriage in the eyes of God is not sinful, meaning it is okay to have sexual relations for whatever reason when it's within your marriage. Two people, no more, no less. 
But when it says whoremongers and adulterers, that is meaning people who have sex or committed sexual acts outside of marriage, then those will be judged by God, meaning it's a sin. So, sex before or outside of marriage is a sin, but once you're married, the sexual acts performed between those two individuals is not a sinful act. Now, that was a pretty straightforward type of question. There is a straightforward answer in the Bible for it. But let's discuss something else that has different outlooks from different people, such as how a person dresses, particularly a woman, and how they should dress. When it comes to the subject, there are many different views, but I want to lay out a few points of view that I have heard. I've heard it doesn't matter. This is mostly from new Christians, non-believers, or those who are apathetic in their faith. Some people will say that a woman needs to be in dresses all the time, and some believe as long as you're being modest in your apparel, that's enough. This one is more open in the Bible. It's the exact reason why I wanted to discuss it. Let me give you a reference. In the Bible, in 1 Timothy 2, 9-10, through 10, it says, In like manner also, that women adore themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with bordered hair, or gold, or pearls, or costly array, but which becometh woman professing godliness with good works. The verse I just read clearly states modest apparel that shows godliness. Now this is where the opinions start to vary, but for the most part, I've come to the conclusion that it's a conviction of the heart type of thing. As long as you're dressing modest, which in most people's opinions means all body parts are covered in a professional way and a minimal amount of skin is uncovered, then you're not being of sinful nature. Let me give you two examples of Christian women dress guidelines and then a third example that would be considered sinful. The first example I want to give is my own dress. I'll wear pants and leggings, dresses and skirts, but nothing shorter than a little above the knee. Most of my dresses and pants come to below the knee or at the knee. I'll also wear shorts as long as they're at least halfway to my knee. And when it comes to shorts, my shirts cover the majority of my shoulder area, and if it doesn't, I cover it with a cardigan or a jacket. I also try not to wear things that are too low cut. If the amount of skin showing is questionable in my eyes, then I try to make sure that I cover more. I will wear a swimming suit in the summer as long as it's not a straight two-piece. I don't want to go out looking like I'm dressed in a bra and underwear. The second example I want to give you is from another Christian woman. This woman will wear skirts and dresses only, nothing revealing, which means no more than a few inches above the knee, nothing low cut, and nothing that shows undergarments or is skin tight. Both of these examples are not considered sinful. They're both considered modest dress and they identify God in a good light. They glorify God by keeping our bodies to ourselves and our spouses. Let me give you another example. This example is sinful in nature. So in this example, we're talking about a woman. She's wearing a skirt, but the skirt is skin tight and about two inches from the bottom of her butt cheeks. On top, the woman's wearing a baggier style button-up shirt, which normally would be appropriate as long as there's an undershirt or something making sure that her chest is covered. But in this example, there's one side hanging off the shoulder and her bra strap is showing. This type of outfit would be considered not modest 
And in reference to how the Bible describes women's apparel should be, it would be considered sinful. As you can see, there are some sins that are straightforward in the Bible and some sins or things that people might consider to be sins that are in the Bible, but there's a little bit more flexibility with it. Now, things such as sex, alcohol, and those sorts of things, they're written out in the Bible. Most things there is not that wiggle room that I am describing when it comes to women's apparel. But if you ever have a question, best thing is not to go that route, whether this is clothing or activities or anything, or to ask a fellow Christian and maybe get some guidance. Or as always, refer back to your Bible. Now, I want to cover the second part of the question. Who is a sinner? And again, let's refer to the Bible. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So, in short, the answer is everyone. Everyone is a sinner. Christian or not, saved or not, believe in God or not, it does not matter. If you are human, you are a sinner. And recognizing that is the first step in coming to God as your Savior and asking for salvation. Now, commonly, the next question after those gets answered is what keeps me from sinning once I'm saved? Guys, there's no textbook answer for this. And many people don't like the answer that I'm going to give, but it's the truth. Your love for God is what keeps you from sinning after salvation. I know it sounds silly, and I know it sounds too good to be true, so to say, but think about it. Once you accept Christ, you put him before all others. He is your heavenly father. You want to please your earthly parents, the ones that came together to create you and raise you. And when they give you rules, you try to follow them. For the most part, most of us do at least. So, why wouldn't it be the same for God? You accept him into your life, you learn more and grow more as a Christian, you'll want to do more that's pleasing to him, and it'll become easier and easier for you to use your free will that's given to you by God to do just this thing. Stay away from sinful pleasures. Okay, but let's be honest. Even with a growing desire to please God and a willingness to try to be more like him every day, we're still humans. We still have flesh and are still part of this world. So we're going to mess up, right? Yes, we will. It's important for you to know and understand that as a Christian. So what happens if we sin or continue to sin in the same way over and over? Do we have to go to our pastor and confess them? Do we have to ask for salvation again? What happens? The truth is, it may seem like nothing happens when you sin. But with every sin, there is a strain that's put on your relationship with God. When God made the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, he knew that flesh would sometimes win over our faith. It even says so in the Bible. In Matthew 19:26, it states, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. He's saying that salvation and the ability and willingness to walk away from sin is not possible with man himself, but God helps, and with God all things are possible. It also states in the Bible in 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
This does not specify in this verse to whom you should be confessing, but it is alluding to confessing to God. There are many verses in the Bible that state who you should confess to, though. I'll name some of those verses so that you can look them up at a later time and dive into them more if you would like. This would actually make for a great Bible study if you're looking for one. So, let's refer to the Bible when it comes to confessing our faults. In the Bible, it says to confess our faults to one another in James 5.16. This means to let your fellow Christians know where your weaknesses are, and then you can move forward asking Jesus to help you with them and help you in overcoming them. In Numbers 5.7, it talks about confessing your trespasses unto those you have trespassed against asking for their forgiveness before asking our Heavenly Father's forgiveness. In Psalms 32.5, the Bible speaks about confessing our sins to the Lord. If you notice there, none of the Bible verses that I've just referenced say that you must go to a church leader or pastor for forgiveness and to confess your sins. It just wasn't found in my research. Your preacher is not one of God's judges and is not a judge himself. God is the only judge. Therefore, it is not a requirement of God unto his children that you confess your sins to anybody but him and those you trespass against. Now, if you continue to sin, in the Bible it tells us that this puts a wedge between you and God. If you continue to let this wedge be there, then you are willfully turning away from Christ. In doing so, you are not using him to overcome your fleshly sinful desires. This makes it easier for the devil to attack you and turn you further and further away from God. Even though you cannot lose your salvation, there are consequences for your sins and the eternal life as well. Remember, you can ask God to help you while you're living, but once you go, you still have to answer for those sins. I would suggest to everyone to read Romans chapter 6. It's a great chapter covering sin in the Bible. So let's move on to another question that I commonly hear that is kind of a two-parter question again, is are some sins bigger than others? And if so, does God forgive all or just some sins? So are some sins bigger than others? If you ask some people in their eyes, they would say yes, because how can murder, molestation, and abuse not be worse than the sins of lying, gossiping, or drinking alcohol, right? That makes perfect sense to us. Well, some of you may not like this, and to some of you, this may come as a shock. But I'm sure to others, you already know what I'm going to say. In God's eyes, all of those sins are of the same level. A sin is a sin, no matter what. I don't want you to just take my word for it, though. As always, there are references in the Bible that give you this exact same conclusion as I'm telling. That leads me to another great chapter in the Bible. But I mean, all of them are great. So this is just a great one when it comes to sin. Galatians chapter 5 is a great book and chapter of the Bible when it comes to this topic. Just a portion of verses I want to point out for this segment are verses 19 through 21, which read as follows. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, 
fornification, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedation, hearsay, envying, murders, drunkenness, revealing, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. These verses are reading out types of sin that can be committed, and each of them a different severity per the human perception. But at the end, it says none of them get into the kingdom of God, meaning that they are all judged the same and at the same level in the eyes of God. With that stated, that would mean that there's no sins that are quote-unquote bigger or quote-unquote smaller than any others. Now we know God is forgiving, but the second part of the question is, does God forgive all or just some sins? The second part of the question is, so since we referenced the Bible for the prior portion of this question, let's do so again. Acts 10.43 says, To him give all prophets witness, that through his name whoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. That portion at the end of that verse I just read to you, it says remission of sin. Now, not everybody may know what that means, but in this sense, it means forgiveness. Whoever believeth in him shall receive forgiveness of sin. Not specific sins, but sins. Again, in 1 John 1, 9, it states, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. At the end of that verse, again, it says all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness being sin. And just one more for good measure. In Romans 10:13, it says, For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I hope this clarifies it, guys. God forgives us for all of our sins. All of them. Now, I know we've covered a lot and we're coming to the end of the episode, but I just want to give you a slim down, simple recap of all of the information we've covered. One, everyone, including those of us who are already saved, are sinners and sins are acts, thoughts and doings of immoral nature. Since they're not just the Ten Commandments that everyone knows. Look to the Bible if you have questions. If you can't find the answers, I would suggest praying on it and asking a fellow Christian their look on the subject or if they know where you can find such a subject in the Bible. My best advice outside of that would be, if you're questioning if it's a sin or not, the best form of action is to avoid whatever you're questioning too. As you learn the Word of God and grow in your faith, you will want to follow God's Word more and more. And this will keep you from sinning. Your own will is also what keeps you from sinning. Knowing this a sin and that you are saved make you want to avoid sinful behavior because it's a gift to be saved, not a privilege. And you won't want to take advantage of such a precious gift. Third thing, when you sin or continue to sin, you need to go to God for help. Confess your sin, ask to be forgiven, and ask for his guidance and help in overcoming your fleshly desires. If you continue to sin, it makes it easier for you to turn away from God and lose your faith. If you continue to sin, it makes it easier for the devil to interject himself into your life. You only have to confess your sins to God and the person which you have sinned against and ask for forgiveness from both. 
You do not have to go to a priest or pastor or any type of church leadership. Your sin is between you and God or you, God, and the person or persons that you have sinned against. That's it. And finally, there is no sin that's any bigger or smaller than another sin in the eyes of God. Our human perception means nothing in the eyes of eternity. This is one of the reasons why God tells us not to be the judge of our fellow Christians and non-believers of the world, because our skills of judgment are not the same as those of eternity. Along with this, God forgives us for all of our sins, past, present, and future. When we ask him for salvation and confess that we are sinners, but we still need to show him we are working on living more in his light by confessing our sins when we commit them and asking for his forgiveness and help in overcoming them. No matter what your sin is, you can go to God in prayer and ask for his help. Keep that in mind, guys. Ladies, the biggest thing to remember is that none of us are perfect. We're all sinners, and that's okay, because that's a part of having free will from our Heavenly Father. We just have to be better moving forward and controlling our fleshly desires and using our free will God gave us to withstand sin and follow more closely in the steps of Jesus Christ. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed developing and recording it. I hope you were able to learn something from the information I have brought to you, and if not, I hope it gives you the desire to divulge more into the subject of sin and what the Bible I just really felt like God was calling me to bring this message of what sin is to my listeners, so I hope the message was clear. As we come to the closing prayer on our episode, I want to thank you ladies again for coming back each week. As always, if you're enjoying the episode and want to connect more, you can do so one of two ways. You can look us up on Facebook for the group A Raw Christian Life, or you can email me at arawchristianlife at gmail.com. If you're enjoying my podcast ministry and want me to continue to bring God's Word to you each and every week, please help me out by subscribing to the podcast, sharing our episodes, and rating us. This helps me come back each week and continue to bring God's Word to your ears. Now, one more thing, one more bit of information before I go into our weekly prayer. I am wanting to develop a question and answers episode. I want you to ask me questions. These can be questions on my personal outlook. These can be questions on prior episodes, advice on what to do, anything that you think will help develop yours or my faith more, or help somebody else if they're in the same situation, submit it as a question, and maybe it'll be on our question and answer episode. Now, to get you guys more interested in helping me out with the development of this episode, I want to do something special. I want to do a giveaway. You could submit one or however many you want questions to me via Facebook or email, and you will be entered into a drawing. I'll draw one winner for every 15 questions that I receive, and you will receive either a necklace, a bracelet, or a keychain. The winner gets to choose. So get those entries in. Like I said, you can message me on Facebook or you can email me the questions. It does not matter if I use them in the episode or not. If you submit a question to me, you will be entered into winning. For every 15 entries, I will draw a winner. 
So, get submitting those questions, ladies, and I look forward to seeing them. Okay, I think that was it. So until next time, let's bow our heads and go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today blessed by you, Father. We have breath in our lungs and more memories made thanks to you, Lord. Thanks to you for the gift of life another day. Father, we come to you humble and grateful for all that you have given us, Lord, and all that you have provided us. Today, Lord, I'm so blessed and happy for the gift and opportunity to share your word and share your truth with my listeners once again. Lord, I ask that you continue to put it on their hearts to come back each week and soak up more of your truth. I ask that if there is anything plaguing their hearts, Lord, that you reach down and give them peace. Heavenly Father, the devil is always at work on your children and those that are in need of you the most. I may not know what the devil is trying to reach them with, my Lord, but I do ask that you help those in need of a shield against the devil. Lord, I ask that you help protect them because they cannot do it on their own. But with you, it is all possible. Father, today I also ask that you be with and protect and provide those that are in the mission field and all the church planters and their families, my Lord. They all have great needs and a great need of protection. And through you, I know that they will be successful in spreading your word. Father, you are great and with you, all things are possible. In Jesus' name, amen.